One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Okay, guys, this is part two of the Spirit of Prophecy, meeting uh, the God of the impossible. Last week, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the contrast between uh, the supernatural and powerlessness. Um, you've heard me say it before, powerless, powerless. And Christianity should never be in the same sentence. Um, a Christian should be the most powerful force on earth, not because of what they know, but because of who they know. We talked last week, um, ultimately, that the goal uh, with Moses and the Israelite nation was not just to take them out of bondage, but to cause them and bring them up the mountain, to ascend the mountain, to meet the Lord face to face. And the whole nation would be empowered um, to conquer the earth through this, this ultimate relational dynamic. Um, and so because the nation actually refused to ascend the mountain, um, you know, in Exodus chapter 20, Moses was sent down the mountain to uh, invite the nation up. They actually refused the invitation. Um, and so ultimately what was given to the nation was... was the new covenant, or I'm sorry, the old covenant, the, uh, the, the actually, actually the law of Moses. And the law of Moses is really designed um, to reveal to the heart of man that they actually need a savior. They need this living God. They need the voice. Just as much as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit want a relationship with you, the ultimate intention is that the heart of man would thirst after God thirst after the Holy Spirit, thirst after Jesus Christ in the same manner in which God thirsts after man. And that ultimately shows the mercy of God, right? You can read different scripture in the Old, in the old Covenant and uh, come to some weird conclusions that God's an angry God. He, you know, he, he kills a whole lot of people. And at the end of the day, um, that's the consequences of man. That's not, that's not the intention of God. Um, sin actually is what brings the destruction. It says, the Bible actually says that, that Satan comes around to kill, steal, and destroy. There's nothing good that comes from Satan. So the, so the evil in everybody's life, the curses that follow people's lives, they come from, from sin and from, you know, the fallen angel, from, from Satan himself. Um, they do not come from God. God, God's intention for man <clears throat> are thoughts of good, thoughts of peace. Um, and ultimately, what the Lord wants is a supernatural relationship with you where He hears you and you hear Him. And so uh, we talked last week about how that ultimately leads to power. Power comes from hearing Him. And, um, you know, that is the essence of the New, the new Testament, the New Covenant, um, that man hears God, not just knows Him from a distance, and that's what a lot of the church has fallen, um, uh, you know, they've fallen into a trap um, where they settle for knowing God on paper, but they don't know his voice. And I'll tell you some stories of going into some different churches here later on uh, in our discussion here. Um, but at the end of the day, the Lord, the, the intention of the Lord is that every one of you would hear him, that every one of you would walk with him. You know, the difference in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, you know, when Jesus came to the disciples, he said, follow me. And they walked with him because they could see him for three years, but then they actually had to learn his voice after they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that's what gave them power, right? Um, on the night of the crucifixion, Peter ran. He did not hear the voice of the Lord. But after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Peter suddenly he becomes a new creature, right? A new, a new, something that did not exist on the earth before, and um, that process is actually the process 
that the Lord has for all of us, that we are transformed, that we are transfigured by encountering him. Um, you know, the, the original church, the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, they did not have a, a written New Testament. There was nothing written. They had revelation of the Old Testament, you know, such as Peter standing up on the day of Pentecost and saying, this is what was prophesied of, of the prophet Joel, that the power of the Holy Ghost would be poured out one day, that uh, men would see visions and have dreams. And they were so intoxicated by the Spirit um, that the people, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious people, could not, they could not grasp it, right? Because it was an invasion of heaven on earth. And that pattern is actually the pattern um, of, of the supernatural, the pattern of power, the pattern where the impossible becomes possible. Uh, we talked last week about how people are not sent into, uh, you know, easy uh, places of light. They're actually sent into the darkest places of the world. Why? Because the light, the voice of God shines into the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend the light, right? Um, and that light actually overtakes the darkness. So the Lord is actually willing, he, His purpose and intent, He doesn't need like entire cities. He needs individuals to fall in love with Him, to cry, to cry out on their face that they need the living God. And when they encounter Him and hear Him, He speaks things into their hearts and they go do things that are impossible for a man to do. And um, like I said, I'll tell you some stories here as we get into our discussion. But, you know, I just I just feel that uh, there, there's a there's a deep calling um, in people here in what, in what we've been talking about. Um, he, he's looking for individuals to literally walk away from powerless, dead religious systems and organizations. And, you know, I don't care if you spent 30 or 40 years in places where you never heard the voice of the Lord. It only takes one encounter. And that's, that is actually what transfigures a person into the supernatural is hearing him. And that one person, just like the woman at the well, she went into the city and the whole city came to meet Jesus, the demoniac. Um, in Mark chapter 5, he had an encounter with Christ. Christ drove the demons out of him. He, he was clothed in power and he testifies to his region. And when Jesus came back through Decapolis, the whole region came to meet Jesus. They were, they were kicking him out at the time when he went to meet the demoniac. You know, all, all, of, the, all of the Pharisees and, and Jews in the region, um, they didn't want him. But after the demoniac's encounter with Christ... And he went and testified of the living God. When Jesus came back through, they all, they all sought Jesus, right? And so that's the power of one person's encounter with the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, um, don't look, uh, don't see yourself as unable, unqualified. Uh, Jesus, the voice, the power of the Holy Spirit is what equips you, transfigures you, and makes you a new creature, something of which did not exist. And that's the beauty of this whole thing. You're not trapped in what the world defined you in the last 10, 20, 30, 40 plus years. How, how, how you were broken, how you were defeated, how you were enslaved by drugs or whatever it was. It's what Christ says. And what Christ says to you is what transfigures you and you become something that did not exist before. Amen. You've heard me talk about, uh, you know, the Lord coming to me in a dream and um, saying a man from India will call you. And seven days later, uh, the guy from India calls me. And the next thing I know, I'm in India preaching and prophesying and seeing thousands and tens of thousands of people baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. People who are worshiping idols in the morning are on their face, crying and shaking in the presence of the Lord that night. And I just, I believe so profoundly um, in the encounter of the Lord, um, in what uh, the Lord actually wanted with the nation of Israel in the ascension. And um, I'm going to be continuing the, our discussion here today as we talk about the power of the new covenant and what the new covenant really does for you. And it, it really should beg a question. Are you functioning in the new covenant? 
or are you in this blurred mix of old and new? And the, the thing that I find as I travel to different churches and stuff are most people are blurred in trying to achieve the Old Testament, but trying to embrace the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, you can't put old wine in the new wine skins. You actually have to recognize that Jesus Christ fulfilled the old. He was the only one that could fulfill the old covenant, right? He, the, the, the law um, could not be accomplished by any man. So you're actually wasting your time trying to stop sinning and trying to be good. You should be spending all your energy trying to meet this Jesus um, and be totally transformed by the one who speaks into your darkness and has the power to change you. You can't change yourself. That's the essence of this new covenant. He is the Savior. He is the Deliverer. He is the, the dream that, that actually comes from God into you and makes you something that you never were before. It's beautiful. And so I just want to, I want to talk through, I'm going to go through a lot of scripture here today with you because I want to pound this into you that it's the voice of God. The essence of the new covenant is the voice of God. You've got to hear the voice and don't be alarmed if you never have heard the voice. Okay. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and you, you be, you are embraced um, or immersed in the Holy Ghost in the way of, of spiritual um, connection with the Lord, that is, that is where your energy should be focused, not in, not in reading the Old Testament or even the New Testament, seeing where your holes are, your gaps and your issues, and you trying to work to achieve it, that never works. It's not possible for a man to do it. That's why you need a Savior, okay? So I just want to talk about um, tonight about how Jesus distinguished himself from Scripture, you got to know the Bible itself. There's a lot of people that call the Bible his word, the word of God. And yes, that's true. He spoke, right? He spoke the word. He spoke in prophecy um, and, and there's teachings in the Bible. But the Bible itself is actually, uh, it should actually be referenced as scripture. Um, the word of God is actually the name of Christ in the new covenant. Okay. Revelation uh, chapter 19, it says the, uh, his name is on his thigh, the word of God. Why? Because he speaks directly to people and his voice transforms people. It's not people reading scripture and saying, oh, this is, this is uh, the, the, the fullness of, of the word. That's not actually true. The Bible is true, but it's intended to take you to reveal to you your need to have a relationship with the living God and not just rely on Scripture. So let's, let's jump into where exactly Jesus points to that and why um, it's so important to have this revelation of, of where you spend your time, okay? In uh, John chapter 5, um, verse, starting with verse 36, Jesus is in this discussion with the Pharisees. And uh, they're talking about that they're sons of Abraham and that they, they are the way they are, you know, they are the ones that have the ultimate way. They know God and Jesus is coming. And he's basically laughing at them. And uh, he says this, he goes, but I have a greater witness than John's. He's, talk, John, he's talking about John the Baptist in the old covenant for the works which, which the father have given me to finish the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor see his form. Now let's stop right there. Jesus is telling these Pharisees, they've spent all the time in written scripture in the old covenant. And Jesus is pointing to the reason that they're deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit is because they chose not to ascend the mountain. They chose not to hear his voice. They chose not to have an encounter spiritually with the God of, of the heavens himself. And Jesus goes on in verse 38. He says, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent him you do not believe. You search the scripture, that the word scripture, there's the word graphe, meaning the writings, the documented writings of God, right? For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me 
that you may have life. This should shake you to the core. If you are scripture dependent, instead of being voice dependent, it's not about what you know and having knowledge of the ways of God. You, you, you know, it's, you're, you you're should be encouraged to read the Bible, learn His principles, learn His ways, learn, learn about God. But your time in reliance and prayer should be in hearing the voice because the voice of God is what transfigures you. It transforms you. It's what you follow. You can't read the Bible and follow it. That's called conformity. That's, that's, what the, that's what the Pharisees, Jesus was accusing the Pharisees of, you've made the Bible of no effect. You've made his scripture of no effect because you're worshiping the scripture instead of realizing that the old covenant is to cause you to fall on your face in revelation that you need a savior and that you enter a prayer life crying out for the living God to visit you, to come change you and transform you. So let's read this again, uh, verse 38. But you do not have his word abiding in you. He's talking about his voice. He's talking about you do not constantly hear the spirit of God because you do not believe. What's Jesus saying? He says, you've not encountered and relied on the Holy Ghost. He says, you search the scripture for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. Jesus is talking about the Bible testifying of him the Savior coming, and then he would send his spirit and you would continually be in relationship in hearing the living God. Okay? That is life-changing. If you can grasp the revelation of that scripture and become voice-driven, vo meaning that you your, your prayer life becomes essential. It becomes the center part of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to pray in the Spirit. You learn how to pray in tongues. And the tongue, the, the tongue of the Spirit, it's actually the Spirit praying through you, draws the voice of the living God. And we'll, we'll jump into that here in a little bit again too. But um, I just want to go through a few more scriptures here and reiterate what Jesus was trying to pound into the head, not only of the Pharisees and Sadducees in confronting them, but those who were following him and documented his life and what he said in the scripture, he, he pounds certain things, certain revelations um, to get people to not follow the rituals of the, of the law of Moses, but to become awakened in the power of the Holy Ghost and be reliant on him. Okay. In Romans chapter five, um, Actually, actually, let's go on to uh, John chapter 5. Um, continuing in John chapter 5, if you go up to verse 45, um, Jesus says, Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. He's actually talking about the law. The Ten Commandments are actually meant to accuse you that you don't have a personal relationship with the living God and you need the Holy Spirit. Okay? Verse 46, for if, if you believed Moses, he's talking about the written law, you would believe me for he wrote about me, the coming Messiah. Verse 47, but if you do not believe his writings, the law and the prophets, how will you believe my words? The word word there is the rhema. He's actually talking about the voice. He says the writings are to lead you to follow the voice. He's actually confronting the Pharisee that they weren't actually um, listening to the written scripture, the law. Because if they were, the law would cause them to fall down on their face and cry out, Oh my goodness, I cannot achieve these Ten Commandments. It's not possible. I need a Savior. I need the Lord to speak to me. Right? Um, and so, you know, this theme continues throughout the New Testament. The New Testament, um, Jesus continually pounds this revelation of, you know, needing, uh, you, it's actually not, the Holy Spirit is not an optional bolt on. Um, it's not like going to a car lot and saying, hey, I want air conditioning. I don't really need it, but I want it. I'll use it once in a while. That's, that's the way the bulk of the church treats the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus actually sent the Holy Spirit as the means by which it's the engine. It's the, it's the, it's the very power that fuels the new covenant. Why? Because it's the centerpiece of you being in relationship with the living God, hearing him and following him. And he'll always lead you to do something that's not possible. He's the God of the impossible, right? We talked about that last time. He is the God of the impossible. And so the dream will take, the dreams and the visions of the Lord will always take you into things that you can't accomplish on your own. And you have to be so dependent on the Lord, the Lord's voice for the next thing he's going to say to you. Amen. Because the next thing he says to you is actually the very thing that um, transforms you. It transfigures, it transfigures the way uh, we actually, you know, can accomplish. It's actually the way in which Jesus changes people, right? Because you have the revelation that you cannot achieve it without Christ the living voice. You can't go back and read more. You can't go back and study scripture more. That's all good stuff. But in the very moment of your revelation of something being impossible and the Lord speaks and suddenly you be, you be, your heart becomes knit to what he spoke, that is the power that changes your current situation. You can never achieve it on your own. You can't have enough memorized scripture to accomplish what only the Lord can accomplish in the new thing. Okay, that's why, that's why Paul gave the revelation that you live from glory to glory. You live from new revelation to new revelation. What is new revelation? It's what the Lord is saying. And that is actually what breaks through the darkness in your current situation. Um, you know, this is actually, th- this concept of uh, hearing hearing the Lord and seeing him in vision and dream. Um, you know, Jesus actually uh, confronts the Pharisees in Matthew 15, verse 7. Um, Jesus says this, Well did Isaiah prophesy, This people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So wh- why did Jesus say this? And what did he mean? He actually said this because they, they didn't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Jesus is actually talking about covenant here. The Pharisees, you could not even say that the Pharisees were in the Old Covenant. Jesus was actually revealing to them that they called Moses their father, but they, did not, they, did, they didn't follow the way of Moses. What's the way of Moses? Moses ascended the mountain to hear the way, hear the voice of the Lord. Okay? The Pharisee knew the scripture and they actually worshipped it, but they did not ascend the mountain. And this is reiterated in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. I'm going to read verse 6 to 13 because actually I'm going to read probably down to verse 10, um, 10 or 11. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those uh, to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day saying in David, today after such a long time, as it has been said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, for if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from him. What's this all mean? Jesus amplifies the need in the new covenant, or actually if it, the, the revelation of if you are hearing his voice, you're in the new covenant. If you're not hearing his voice, you're not actually not in the new covenant. You're in some mix of where the Pharisee was, where they thought they were even functioning in the old covenant. But Jesus said, you're not even functioning in the old covenant because you didn't even have the revelation of Moses. Moses ascended the mountain, and when he came down and you chose not to go up, he gave you the Ten Commandments, which were actually meant to break your heart so that you couldn't harden your heart. You would fall on your face and cry out for the living God, and the Lord would come. His Spirit would come 
and you would hear his voice and his voice would do something to you, through you, in you that you could never do on your own. Amen. And so, um, again, guys, just, just pounding this into you that your heart should be set on hearing his voice. And the prophecies that Jesus referenced in Isaiah, he's talking about in hearing they would not hear and seeing they would not see. That's a dangerous place to be. You and a Bible without the Holy Spirit is the most dangerous place to be. That's what Jesus was confronting with the Pharisees because they refused to know the living God and to follow his voice. You see, power and life and revelation are voice driven. You cannot be in the purpose and the will of God without following his voice. There's no such thing. You can't create it and do it on your own. You can't say, well, I think I'd like to get on here and help, or I'd like to go over there and, and, you know, work with the, work with the kids club or whatever. Those are all nice things, but the only way you will ever be in purpose in the right place at the right time with the right mission is if you seek him to such a degree that you hear him. And when you hear him, he actually speaks into the darkness. He actually leads you into the impossible place that he designated from, for you a long, long time ago. Before the foundations of the earth, he wrote books about you, right? And it's, your, um, it's up to you to discover who you really are in Christ. Amen? And so just to reiterate, you know, this, this aspect of the voice and how many times Jesus is pounding this in uh, to, to the people in the, in the, the New Testament scriptures. Um, in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus is out in the wilderness. The Spirit of God leads him out in the wilderness to be tested by the devil to see if he really believes, right? And um, Jesus answered Satan in uh, Matthew 4, 4, um, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That word, word there is the word rhema again. The word rhema is, it's the dream, the vision, the voice of God leading you into the new thing to conquer. Jesus conquered the desert through the voice of God. Okay. And what, what, what's, what's Jesus referencing here? It is written, right? He's not talking about scripture being the mainstay of how you live. He's actually saying that it's documented in scripture that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word, by the rhema, by the dream and the vision, seeking the vision of the Lord, not giving in to temptation, but seeking the vision of the Lord. And the Lord comes and encounters you and speaks to you and does something supernatural that you couldn't do on your own. And by that, you conquer the desert place. You conquer the temptation and the demonic uh, attack that's against you. Amen. Um, John 8, verse 47, uh, he who is of God hears God's words. Again, the word rhema, his dreams and visions. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Anybody, you know, you got to realize anybody can pick up a Bible and read it, but only those born of the Spirit can hear him, right? Um, another reference, John 15, verse 7, if you abide in me, my words, uh, again, the word rhema, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you are my disciples. What's he saying, guys? He's saying that life comes from hearing. Fruit, your ability, your ability to multiply, your ability to go into another nation, another city, another church, another place, the workplace, the street, your ability to go there and to bear fruit is contingent upon you hearing him. If you suddenly have this baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are, you are equipped with praying in the Holy Ghost. Um, you don't just run out on the street anywhere. You actually seek the Lord and he'll direct you. How do you know if you're supposed to be on the street? If you're supposed to go to the woman at the well, if you're supposed to go to uh, Los Angeles, or if you're supposed to go to Mumbai, India, how do you know? 
You don't until you seek him, till he speaks. And when he speaks, everything you need is in what he speaks. The fruit is in what he speaks. The baptism of others, whether it's one person or a hundred or five hundred or a thousand, is in what he speaks to you. And your obedience to what he speaks to you is, a, is what transforms your heart. You actually follow him like he originally commanded the disciples to do. You become a follower of the voice of the living God and not one who's trying to conform themselves to written scripture. Amen? So this is a, an extremely important point, guys. I can't, I can't reiterate it enough that you become supernatural whenever the Lord himself is speaking to you and you have tuned your heart to be absolutely dependent on it. And just, just as I said, just as the Lord sent me to a, to a nation to do something, to, to speak to hundreds of thousands of people and to see miracles and signs and wonders that didn't exist until I set my heart to beat on his door until he spoke to me for the new thing. Amen. So to illustrate this, let me tell you a, a pretty cool story. I mean, I, I, I could tell you a lot of different stories um, of the supernatural, but this particular example illustrates the contrast of the new covenant being voice-driven and the old covenant being um, really intended to break the heart that can't hear through a desperation that allows you to actually encounter the living God. And so, um, you know, whenever I first, uh, you know, whenever the Lord um, came to me in that dream and I started going to India, um, I just I just had a lot of supernatural things happen. People would call me out of the blue and um, say, hey, you know, I was in prayer and the Lord told me to give you this check. And, you know, they'd give me a $500 check or a $1,000 check. I had different pastors, people I didn't even know. Um, reaching out to me. And that's what the Lord does. Whenever you say yes, whenever you seek him um, and knock on his door and, and you actually hear him and he begins to reveal the destiny of your life, he will fulfill it. You don't have to worry about how he's going to fund it, um, how he's going to make time for you to do it, how all that's going to play out because um, that's part of his promise. Um, and so I had this Methodist pastor um, call me and he invited me. He says, hey, can you, um, you know, he wanted to sow into my ministry. He, he read some of the stuff that was happening in India and said, hey, can you just come give a quick 10, 15 minute, uh, you maybe bring some pictures and, and uh, stuff, put them in a PowerPoint and let the people see, uh, you know, the crusades and you can talk, just talk about it and we'll take up an offering for you. And I said, absolutely. Um, and so I go into this church and you know, I'm putting up the pictures and starting to talk about things. And one thing leads to another. I, I start to tell the story about how the Lord came to me in a dream and, um, you know, spoke to me about a man from India calling me and, and uh, how this all started, um, you know, with, with buying my first uh, plane ticket and, and uh, you know, the first crusade and how, how it all started. And um, I'm talking and um, all of a sudden, you know, and this, this is a, this is a little church, probably, probably about 80, 90 people in it. Um, and, you know, as I'm talking, uh, this, this 80 year old good Methodist woman, she stands up in the back and she says, you mean to tell me that you actually hear the voice of God? And it was like a floodgate opened in there. I started to answer her and, um, I looked at the pastor. He was he was sitting down in the in the front pew, and um, he just kind of whispered to me. He goes, "I'll give you the service. You you do you do what the Lord's leading you to do." Which I give him credit because there's a lot of guys that wouldn't do that. And um, anyway, uh, the the next things that started to happen was, you know, I'd answer her. I answered her with, you know, the dream is is how the Lord speaks. Joel Joel chapter two, right? Uh, Joel chapter two says that the Lord will pour out his visions or put, put, he will pour out his spirit. You will dream dreams and have visions. What are dreams and visions? That's the, that's how the Lord speaks. 
He imparts things to you in the night season. He imparts things to you in your prayer life. Um, and that impartation, his vision is what transforms the way you think, the way you expect, what you depend on, right? <clears throat> and suddenly you have access into heaven and you actually pull on all of the resources of heaven by believing what he just spoke to you. And I'm starting to explain this, right? Another question comes. And this turns into a question-answer session. Like church turns into back and forth, me standing in front of the group of people and me answering their... It was almost like you could see the scales falling off their eyes of the contrast between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant with respect to... Um, being voice-driven, following the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I actually started to talk to them about the day of Pentecost. Most of these people had never heard or experienced um, the day of Pentecost. There was not one person in there that prayed in tongues or prophesied or heard the direct voice of God. Okay, and so I started to talk about Acts chapter 2. I started to take them down the path of um, trusting the Holy Spirit, your prayer life, believing in, in the Holy Spirit. Um, and actually, I spent started to spend a lot of time talking about how to pray. And they said, well, what do you mean tongues? What's tongues? <laughs> and I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to that here in a second. But, um, you know, Jesus actually reiterates this process <clears throat> of how, how to believe in the new covenant, which is completely different from... from uh, having a revelation that you need a savior, which is actually the intent of the old covenant. Okay. In the new covenant, Jesus uh, is, is having the discussion with Nicodemus in John chapter three. And, and uh, Jesus says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom. And then unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom. That's, that's uh, verse five, right? And Jesus goes on to say, those who are born again, are moved by the wind. What's he's what's he referencing? The word wind um, in in the new the New Testament is is the Greek word pneumaticos, meaning uh, the wind of the spirit. What happened on the day of Pentecost? It says there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. The power of heaven was poured out upon the common man, right? And the common man was turned into the supernatural because they started to hear the voice, and so. Um, being moved by the wind is a fundamental change of heart, okay? What Jesus is saying is, in the Old Covenant, you, you functioned in a ritual, right? You get up, go to work, right? Wash your face, all, all the stuff. You get to work, do a certain thing. On Sunday, you get up, you go to church, you come in, you maybe sing the doxology, you do this, you do that, you take an offering, um, you do a 15-minute message, and out the door you go right? That's a ritual. Jesus said, if you were born of the Spirit, you would hear me and you would be moved by the wind, meaning you don't center the reason you gather around routines and expected ends. You actually center the, the, the true church comes together to hear the Lord together and to follow where they're going. That's what it means to be born by the wind. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. You don't know exactly what's going to uh, happen next at your church service. Um, tomorrow, when he tells you to go down to McDonald's and talk to the guy that has red hair is sitting in the corner crying, you don't know. But that's the way the Lord works. He leads people to places to do certain things, to speak to certain people, because his heart is to continually awaken and deliver people out of the bondage of sin and death. Okay, so you, as a follower of Christ, should be baptized in the Holy Ghost and be blown by the wind, not making yourself feel comfortable because you get up on Sunday morning and you come sit down in a pew and you interact with some people and hear, hear some good things talked about, but as a group, you don't actually come together to hear Him and to follow and to go expecting the supernatural, going to places that are impossible, right? And the, and the kind of the punchline with this whole thing is um, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, we talked about this last week, but I, I want to emphasize it again. Um, you know, Paul's talking about this revelation of being wind-driven, being empowered by the voice of God. 
He says, therefore, brethren, do not be ignorant of the spirituals. The word spirituals there is the word pneumaticos, meaning the wind. He's saying, do not be ignorant of being wind driven. This he, He's saying this is exactly what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus when he said, you must be born of the spirit to hear and to see the kingdom. You will be moved by the wind. And Paul is connecting the dots here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it's explaining the gifts of the spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are actually different um, revelations, different ways in which the voice of God manifests through, through a believer. Okay, So when Paul says, therefore, brethren, do not be ignorant, he's basically saying, do not be stupid spiritually. Do not be an old covenant believer, yet try to claim you believe in Jesus. Because if you believe in Jesus, the one who went to the cross to fulfill the law and the prophets, you would embrace what Jesus accomplished on the cross, which was the, the defeat of the separation of sin and death, right? He actually separated sin and death from you so you could now ascend the mountain to hear the voice of God. And so all he's doing in, in uh, chapter 12 is explaining that if you are wind-driven, the voice of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it functions with prophecy, dreams, visions, words of knowledge, healing, right? Tongues, interpretation of tongues, discernment, all these supernatural things that are, expl are explained here. And I, I encourage you read, go on yourself and read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 to 11. Um, the works of the Spirit manifest. He's explaining the way the Spirit manifests when you hear His voice. Okay? And it's all connected to you truly being baptized in the Holy Ghost. You see, Pentecost is the pattern of the New Covenant. You encounter the Spirit of God and He does what you could not do on your own. So my question to you is, don't, or my statement to you is, don't be a Pharisee. Don't be a Sadducee. Don't be deceived by a guy in the pulpit who is just teaching you to conform to scripture that's not the mission it's act the mission is you to be baptized in the holy ghost and you be blown by the wind all around the world all around your city all around your workplace you are blown by the wind you hear him and life comes everywhere you go you will pray in tongues you will prophesy right and even interpret scripture properly. In, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, Paul spends a lot of time saying that you cannot even properly interpret scripture without the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? Well, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God was poured out, it says they prayed in tongues and prophesied. Why, why is that important? Because that is the pattern. The pattern is you seek God in prayer. The Spirit himself equips you to pray. Right? You don't you no longer pray with what your want and desire is. You pray the will of the Holy Spirit. It's actually uh described as the perfect will of God. Romans 8 uh uh 26 and 27 says, For when we do not what to know what to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings, with utterances that are not from us, they are from the Spirit. So whenever you begin to pray in tongues, the next thing that happens is the, is the, you will hear the voice of God and the voice of God will manifest with prophecy, interpretation of scripture, with a vision that you are to lay hands on a person, that they would be healed, whatever, whatever the Lord is leading you. But the pattern is always the same. Tongues is a connection point for the spirit of God to pray through you. And the vision of the Lord, the, the dream of the Lord will always come when a person prays in, in the Spirit. Amen. And an example of proper scripture interpretation is, you know, <clears throat> Peter, who was, who was afraid on the night of the crucifixion, suddenly on the day of Pentecost gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. He begins to pray in tongues with the other 120 believers in the upper room, right? And they, they got so filled with the Spirit, it says that the people around them thought they were drunk, right? They, they were spilling into the streets. And I encourage you to read Acts chapter 2. Go back and just read the whole chapter several times and ask the Holy Spirit to explain things to you because 
you know, the true revelation of this is the pattern of the Spirit versus the pattern of the Old Covenant. The pattern of, of the New Covenant, which is an, an, uh, and actually being blown by the wind, being immersed in the Holy Spirit, is that you pray in tongues, you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you pray in tongues, prophecy and the supernatural follows you. That is the voice. That is the release of the voice on earth, right? And so Peter, after the whole group is spilling out on the streets, they're laughing, right? They're, they're, they don't look anything like the ritualistic routines of the Old Covenant. Peter stands up bold. He's no longer afraid. He's actually bold. That's a product of the Spirit. That's a work of the Spirit. Man cannot create boldness, right? Peter could not create boldness on his own. And so Peter, under the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, stands up and says, no, 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 no. This is what was prophesied in the book of Joel, that, that we would have the dream of the Lord. We would have the vision of the Lord. He's, what's Peter interpreting? He's interpreting Joel chapter 2 is now. He's saying this is that. What Joel said then is happening right now. That is the revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the people. Can you picture what Jerusalem was like? It said over 2,000 people in one day baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's a work of God. And, that, and it's, they, they were actually Jews, right? The majority of them were Jews. And so why is that important? Is because the power of the Spirit overcame the rituals and the routines of the old covenant to such a degree that people were set free from the law of Moses and baptized into the new covenant in the victory of Christ. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the Holy Ghost, so were those, the Jews. The Jews were resurrected and the Pharisees were confounded, but there were also Pharisees on that day that were baptized in the Holy Ghost right? Their limitations were overcome by the power and the work of the Spirit. And I believe that's what the Lord wants to emphasize with us today. Um, <clears throat> I just encourage you guys, don't go back to the old. Don't rely on the old. It's good to, to um, immerse yourself in learning Scripture, but only in, in, through the direction, through the voice of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Because the Lord has a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for you that is unique. You, it, and it'll never be that, that uniqueness is what um, we talked about last time and what Paul was trying to explain in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that you are a new creature in Christ, the likes of which has never existed before on earth. How do you become that? When you are immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit and you become wind-driven and not just um, a person who tries to conform to Scripture. Amen. And so I'm just going to pray. Um, so, Father, in the name of Jesus, um, Lord, every person in here, uh, Lord, I just pray right now for the power of your spirit. Lord, just as Paul prayed, I pray that you would grant the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the intimate knowing of the Spirit of God Himself, Jesus Christ, the one who was resurrected from the dead, the one who sits in heaven known as the Word of God, the one who speaks, the one who desired to have face-to-face -face interaction with His people. Lord, I pray that every person in here would have a Holy Spirit baptism right now that would so profoundly impact them, Lord, that they could not stop praying in the Holy Ghost, that they would have dream after dream, vision after vision, through, uh, Lord, encounters with you, through, through encounters where they're taken to heaven, Lord, through revelations of the Bible, through, Lord, just hearing your voice in such profound ways and revelations of Scripture, Lord, that they truly become something that never existed on the earth. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray that your Spirit would fall upon every person right now. And I just, I, I pray that uh, they would be so profoundly impacted with the revelation of the freedom of Christ and not being um, scripture and conformity driven, 
but being Holy Ghost resurrected driven, seeking the new thing that the Lord is speaking. Lord, I pray for that revelation and that freedom to come upon people. Lord, anybody who's bound in prison because of dead doctrines, because of generations of sitting in dead doctrines and uh, old covenant thinking. Lord, I break that right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, for every uh, serpent uh, that has released a venom or constricted your people, Lord, and confined them to sit inside the walls of a building um, unable to uh, hear you. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that your anointing would be poured out upon them. Lord, I break, I break those constrictions. I break uh, the venom of, of religion that has blinded their hearts, that has hardened their hearts. Lord, I pray right now that there would be a, a window of opportunity, Lord, where the power of the Holy Ghost would come upon them right now, that they would begin to pray in tongues so supernaturally, Lord, that dreams and visions would flood their heart. And Lord, um, guys, I just, I just, I want to, I want to share one thing with you before we go uh, to encourage you in, in the embrace of the Holy Ghost. Um, I told you last week about this guy named Jimmy, this pastor um, that uh, for decades uh, functioned in a powerless form of um, religion. Um, you know, they use the Bible, they call themselves Christians, but absolutely powerless. Uh, they basically just came to meet and talk. And, you know, it was a pretty big church, three or 400 people. And he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, prayed in tongues. He couldn't stop praying for days. Um, and his church is being transformed before his eyes. Um, he brought several leaders. Uh, there's this one, there's this one girl on his leadership team. She got so overcome by the Holy Ghost. She, when, she, when I laid my hand on her, she fell to the ground. She started praying. She prayed for two days straight um, in tongues. And she got up with this revelation that the gift of healing was upon her. And she has been literally running down streets asking people um, if, if she could pray for them. And she has seen miracles. She has seen supernatural things that are beyond um, anything that that uh, you can imagine. Um, people just weeping um, as as the the just the touch of the Holy Ghost is coming upon people as she's just being obedient to where the Lord is leading her to pray. And so I just encourage you if you've never experienced anything about the Holy Spirit. Um, one encounter, one, uh, you know, one supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit is what changes everybody's life. And so I just, again, I, I pray for everybody listening um, that you would have encounters like that, um, that literally change your mindset where you become Holy Ghost dependent and not trying to conform to a false image that is actually impossible uh, scripturally to achieve without you falling on your face and crying out to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, that you would be voice driven, hearing his voice, encountering him and expecting a new thing every day of your life. So Father, in Jesus name, I just bless every person listening in Jesus name. God bless you. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestonesministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Transfigured, The Call of the Horseman to Awaken the Church, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.